Why don't she like your voice on mic? Honestly, it just sounds very grating. And also just maybe due to the fact that growing up with a sister and my mom, we all sounded very similar. So having an irritant like that constantly reflected back on you. I mean, it can get under your skin. How old's your mom? <laughs> your mom. <laughs> yeah, how old's your mom? Uh, well, mom's dead. That's true. Uh, Morgan. <laughs> any <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry. My mom would be 65, I think. Yeah. I'll give you this much. There's a 15-year difference between my parents. That's it. Wow, does that say a lot. Anyway, <laughs> so is sister older or younger? Three years younger. Are you the oldest sibling? Oldest on my mom's side. Okay. So, like, <laughs> when, you're, uh, when your sister's boyfriend's, well, I guess everybody has cell phones, can't do this game anymore. What's the game? So, like, whenever I would call my wife's house, right, when we were kids growing up, her sister would answer the phone and they sounded so much alike, she would bait me into saying things. Like, <laughs> she would pretend she was my wife oh. for the first few minutes and I would always have to be really cautious about what I was saying to her, you know, because... Because you didn't know, you know, for sure. Yeah, I sure didn't want to get sexually explicit with her sister. Yeah, that'd be a little awkward. Yeah. Depends on A lot awkward. Who. No, mm. a lot awkward. <laughs> Things they did back then. Yeah, you can't get away with that now. No, nah, everybody's got cell phones, although you could grab your sister's cell phone and answer it. Did you do that? I didn't have a cell yeah. phone until I was 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. I learned what YouTube was at 15. Hmm. And uh, honestly, I was pretty shut off from like the internet and things really? like that. Yeah. Because I moved a lot. Oh. Not for military, no. Small towns? A lot of them. And so you internet, internet just wasn't a... It wasn't a priority, priority because of how often we moved. So do you feel like that benefited you at this point? or To a degree, Do you yes. feel a little behind? But I mean, in terms of social integration, it's definitely a struggle nowadays. You feel like you're catching up? In some aspects. What do you feel like you're missing out on when it comes to social integration? The, you might like me. Being there in the moment part. Hmm. There's a lot of like pop culture that I just don't get. And I feel very outsider. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Although pop culture is really weird, right? Because there's only a couple years difference between my wife and I. But I was always amazed at the difference in what was a super popular movie when she was 15 versus when I was 15. Right. We would still had completely different ideas. I'm like, I've never even heard of that movie or whatever. Road to Wellville. Yeah, don't remind me of that experience. Worst movie ever. Feel free to look, watch it. Well, what's the best movie ever? Jaws. Jaws. Hands down. You? Oh, man. Legend. Hmm. Tom Cruise legend? Tom Cruise before he got an ego. Hmm. Good movie. It's a good movie. Good movie. Before he fixed his teeth, before he really tried to hide the fact that he was short. Well, you got to do that if you want to become a, a billionaire, right? In gotta Hollywood. Got to look big on the screen. Yeah. You, know? you got to. Well, speaking of big on the screen, meandering episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> See? Big on the screen. See? Getting on my... I like it. Yeah. All right. I'll pull out a little bit of wittiness for this episode. Why not? Um... As aforementioned, meandering episode 69 with Morgan and Sasha. You. And tonight we have a special guest, uh, a mystery guest, someone who has actually listened to the show. And there's only a handful of folks out there that we could pick from. That listen to the show. <laughs> so we got one who's heard um, several episodes and will 
I think, contribute quite a bit to this conversation we're going to have, which we don't yet know what it's about. Because the show's called Meandering Mystery Girl. If you haven't heard, what we do here is we just start off conversationally going wherever the night takes us. You like that sort of talk? Uh, you know, I can get behind it. All right. For sure. There, there's something special about this episode that yeah, I should 69. mention. Go well, ahead, no, though. the fact of where we're recording. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Our first roadshow. Our first roadshow ever. The big crowd behind us. You can't see them, obviously, because this is an audio podcast only. But they're off here in the distance. And we're recording from a Radisson meeting room, a Radisson Hotel in Dallas, because my air conditioning went out at home. And oddly enough, I share the same affliction. My air conditioning is Isn't out. that interesting? It is. But we figured it out. We cracked that code. Yeah, I think so. It's because yesterday was Humid. the nicest day of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, 77 degrees something or something like that, like that uh, is a high. And then the next day, the humidity 95 and like, humid yeah. all over again. Well, there's nothing like meeting strangers in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today, Morgan? I don't know. You want to start off with 7-Eleven? Or a convenience store that we visited recently? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's introduce this particular topic. Oh, my God. So we're in line at a 7-Eleven just getting fresh cold beverages. And uh, there's a patron in front of us. There's a nice 7-Eleven clerk as well. A lineup of... Who, who has to wear a mask. Yeah, has to wear a mask. The patron's not. Yeah. You can tell she's kind of... Maybe Oof. not all there. Yeah, maybe not all there. And she asked the 7-Eleven clerk for a lighter. But she asked for a very specific lighter. A pink lighter. Has to be pink. And the clerk goes to see if she has pink. And she rounds off all the colors. We got yellow. We got blue. We got green. We got purple. There's no pink. And uh, that did not appease the patron all too well. And I turned to Morgan. I'm like, this is our opening segment. <laughs> because she stands there demanding a pink lighter for a good three to four like, minutes. Like she didn't hear. I need yeah. a pink one. <laughs> She's like, I don't have pink. I want pink. It's like, oh. So we got to see a little entitlement live and in person, huh? I mean, underneath it all, they're all white lighters, though. That's true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're Bix. I think, well, you get to see that uh, a little bit of racism, almost. Person working behind the counters, person of color, the person uh, demanding things is, is white. Caucasian, yeah. And it's Her like voice it's, elevated, too. Yeah, it's like she didn't think she could understand her, so let me talk louder. Pink. Like, she's like, no. Pink lighter. You. Yeah. Ow. It was funny. I was right down the street. I label that the meandering effect. Whenever me and Morgan go in public locations, we can typically see an event or two that is weird. It's a little it's a little off. And I think it's because of the chemistry that Morgan and I share. I don't know about all that. You don't think maybe. we have chemistry? So you think you guys directly influence the interactions around you? I think our energies can elicit things that we would want to discuss between us for either the show or just casually. I think we're we're presented with situations to where we're like, hey, talk about this, guys. Or sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we have those sorts of encounters. Or, or we've talked about something and then we'll see it happen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you think of that? I think that's very similar to like the Mandela effect. Honestly, like I haven't seen the word mango in a while and then all of a sudden I think about it, start seeing it everywhere. Like shampoo, soaps. Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff. Like, it took me a long time to even start wanting to Google things. <laughs> really? Yeah, I used to live in libraries wherever we landed, honestly. And uh, Well, that's the that's only way to really learn. Super interesting. Soak up stuff. Because I loved libraries. I still Same love here. them. 
like uh, my wife and I spent our honeymoon in Boston, right? We spent a full day at the one of the Boston City Libraries because it had so many. It's a huge building and architecturally pretty. Oh, nice beautiful! As well. Yeah, they care about awesome. their libraries in the oh, Northeast. Man. I've heard there's some really cool ones in Ohio, like around in Sandusky area too. Oh yeah. Just some small hole in the walls that look really big inside. Mm -hmm. There are certain towns and regions of this country that take a pretty onerous approach to their architecture and their buildings and they try to upkeep them very well. It's a, it's a little different than what you see in, you know, suburban corporate America that has blossomed around Dallas. I don't one story. Well, this is that argument that standing alone. This is the argument you didn't like about two or three months ago when I was mentioning that Dallas doesn't have much of a a culture to it. It doesn't stand apart other than restaurants. It's not very old. I mean, there's a, there is culture here. It's just more modern new age. There's no old culture here, but (laughs) is there such a thing as modern new age culture? Sure. I mean, America's only barely, just a little over 200 years old. We don't have a lot to go on. Well, we're, well, the problem though is like on the East coast, Boston, that's been a city well, sure. for 400 years or whatever. Right. So Dallas has no history. No. Zero. The places in the Midwest are in the same ballpark, I would say. But I would tell, I would say that we have some of the better museums. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, many, you wanna, I mean, you laugh, but the Nasher museum the for sculpture art museum. is, sure phenomenal yeah how many times can you go to that museum before you've seen everything and you're like oh well i've been there 10 times i've probably been there 10 times and it's small and I, i'll you go there again i don't mm-hmm. i would buy a season pass when's the last time you've you toured another american city when's the last time you've been on vacation um it may have been five years okay maybe not okay. do you would you maybe say you have hiders. a bias to dallas because it's like where you no it, it's only oh i could live in that Northeast, no problem. Okay. Boston. What's the most like you've visited in terms of the DFW area? Like Frisco, Dallas, or? Yeah. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Irving, so. He's a homebody. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know, downtown Dallas or downtown Fort Worth. Probably the better places if you're going out or hanging out, right? Deep Ellum. That's a more younger crowd uh, culture. That sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Deep Ellum's changed from what it was when I was younger it's and going out. Still, it's... lots of hipsters. What's your culture like? My culture? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, don't we though? Ah, uh, okay. Your so, current culture. What What do you do for fun in the city of Dallas, Mystery Girl? In the evenings, I go night clubbing at goth bars. Okay, I see that. <laughs> That's. See that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and you found yourself um, a comfort zone there? Yeah, yeah, because mostly everyone just goes there to hide from regular social interactions. So you can really just put on white face paint, crazy black lines, and you're good to go. Or you can wear a leather thong and high heels up to your knees, and you're also good to go get away with it and yeah. feel comfortable yeah nobody judges you nobody oversteps their boundaries oh. the music's good oh. they're all judging each other trust me oh absolutely now if you want to get into the, the social hierarchy in those clubs that's a different story but mm. the the outward vibe for a newcomer is welcoming enough morgan i could see you as a goth phase mm. at some point in your life no oh no after seeing your 16 year old picture today 
So no, I, I was would like disagree. 23 or 24. Well, you'll have I to show Mystery this. Girl the the 23 year old picture where you look 14. <laughs> Not on day one. No, that's gonna be the uh, that's gonna be the cover art for this episode. Yeah, good luck getting it. I'll figure out a way. Yeah, okay. Just like you've threatened to find my hotel records because <laughs> I stayed at a hotel that uses your software. Yeah, I'll have those tomorrow. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> It's all right. The AC was out. So, had to stay. I gotcha. I understand. When did your AC go out? Um, 24 hours ago, just about. We didn't feel it yesterday because yesterday was one of the nicer days of the year. It was a beautiful day. Everything. Yeah, the last really nice day until like probably October. Yeah, that's what I was telling a friend earlier on in the week. Is, Which is fine. Yeah. I, I actually love the summer too, but not many people do. Summer's trash. Summer is trash. <laughs> We've had this talk You can before. only take off so many layers, but you yeah. can always add a layer in the winter. See, in the summer, I can go jump in a pool and I'm fine. In the winter, I don't care how many layers you add. If you're cold, you're cold. Add them all. Sit by a fire. Once you get cold, you're not getting warm. Who wants to be pruny all week? <laughs> like, you don't have to be in the pool the whole time. Also, the public sharing of a pool is a problem I have in Texas. Uh, like a lakes. private pool is fine. Well, that's public as well. Yeah, sharing. What's wrong with the lake? You well, I mean, you're, sharing, the lake? you're sharing water with. Well, I the lake. the damn water. I do in Canada, where there's no pollution and there's no <laughs> boat motorboats left and right. But here, people, you know, they leave their exhaust everywhere, and they're they're disgusting fumes. Now, don't knock motorboats till you. <sighs> <laughs> Episode sixty nine, brought to you by the Radisson Hotel. <laughs> Yeah, they need to pay us first. Yeah, there's another story. Like we had a nice conversation with the clerk here, and you know, you could tell this is the first time he's ever been approached by a podcast to ask for his uh, meeting well, room space. Yeah, what we were asking is probably strange, especially yeah, sure. since it's last minute, he and it's nine thirty no at idea. night. Like, who the hell is Yahoo's doing? Yeah, but then we started discussing it with him, and he was like, "Oh, okay, this makes sense," and uh, you know, is. A nominal fee to occupy this fine establishment. But then Morgan here mentions, you know, um, maybe we should discuss promotion of his of this hotel to him to see if we can get free accommodations. But now that I've seen the meeting room, um, you know, I'm OK. I might I might be better off at, at my place doing this on a weekly oh, basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this wouldn't be a permanent place. No, but I was saying I do like the distance between you and I, because usually Morgan is about half as close uh, to me as you are now. And, you like that. you know, I look, I, I turn left and Morgan's right in my face. <laughs> it's just right up on you. Right up on me. And not that I mind the guy or anything like that. But when we're having heated conversations, it's we're hard to... on each other. It's great. And it's hard to argue with someone who's right in your face. So it's good to have a buffer. Yeah. A buffer of space between he and I. And he on the other side of the table makes a lot of sense here. Starting to wish I had some bumpers for those blades. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you fell on your rollerblades today. You're a big rollerblader, right? Uh, I'm big on it. I'm just not very good at it. Maybe you don't give yourself enough credit. I've seen you rollerblade. <laughs> You're not so bad. I don't know how to stop. Mm. That's that's the problem. That's the tough part. Yeah. So I just use my whole body. Just. Well, that's not a bad thing either. Just <laughs> <laughs> fall down every time. Just make sure there's grass wherever you're going to slow down. I mean, stop. that's literally both times. I just kind of like flung myself over and like rolled into it. What do you have against elbow pads and knee pads? Ah, uh, they're expensive. Uh, are they? <laughs> I mean, when I want to buy 
Oh yeah, you more want, interesting things. Yeah. You want the flashy Earth elbow stores. pads? Oh no, I mean just purely other things entirely. Oh. I mean skin heels. It does. I mean, what's a scar? It's just buildup of tissue. Let's yeah, get a tattoo later. Cover it up. <laughs> Actually, it's not really as easy to cover up tattoo mm. like uh, well scars with tattoos. You got any tattoos, Morgan? Zero. Good. You and Mystery Girl have even more in common. No piercings either. Yeah. How about Zero. you, more? Oh, you don't? I had one when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh. I bet you did. <laughs> yeah. Where? Nose? Ear. That was an ear piercing. Yeah. You got any pictures of you with earrings? Mm, probably not. Mm, we'll see. I was not a camera dude. And there, everybody didn't have a camera on their damn phones. There wasn't everybody taking pictures and every. Yeah, I kind of miss those days. You want to yeah, have I do. Because, like, when you were talking about. <laughs> not the earring days. You don't want to. The photo album days. <laughs> like, when you were talking hoop, about huh? living in the moment, it's like back then you felt like you had to live in the moment because you didn't feel like you needed to record it to show everyone else. That's a good point. Huh. Like going and playing disc golf with this guy since he went on Instagram is freaking annoying. Why? Because one time I take a couple of videos to highlight the it's beauty. Like every of other disc hole, golf. he's freaking got to post something. That's not so true. You're not living in the moment, bro. That's not true you at gotta all. Post the holes. I got to highlight the fact that disc golf is a beautiful sport to my Instagram following. Yeah. Okay. I want to grow the sport, Morgan. How do you grow the sport? Word of mouth? I don't give. I don't care about growing sport. Why not? I'm not a pro in that sport. Well, let me tell you what. He likes the exclusivity. He doesn't mm. want all the others. <laughs> Another interesting topic. I can appreciate that to a certain degree. I walked into a store today, uh, a retail store, and I was mentioning this podcast to an employee that was working at the retail store. I love how you promote us, by the way. Oh yeah, you you like it? I do. Yeah, I really do. That, it's word of mouth. Yeah, we need business cards like like we could hand out. Yeah. Um, the employee at this establishment asked me if we made money off of this podcast. And I reluctantly answered, no, we do not. And I answered, I followed up with the fact that we don't necessarily want that right now. Um, we have a small following of about <laughs> two, 300 listeners on a regular basis, and we're happy with that. Yeah. And her response was, oh, you just don't want the uh, secret to get out of. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I said, yeah, it's well, kind of like that. Well, money gets here. This changes. It changes. Right? Yeah. I know you change significantly. Absolutely. Where do I sign? I don't. I mean, <laughs> my bank account has gone nothing but up and I'm still the same old guy. So I, I am interested in defying oh, the my, expectations. I of wouldn't money. change, but I would definitely plug everything. Oh, but that then you would change. You'd turn into an advertising desert, robot, which is fine. And then not for me. I don't want you to be an advertising robot because you're dy- you're dynamic with me. Well, we know that it's uh, it's coming for show. anyway. Yeah, I mean we do, but we know it's coming. Right? I do. It's be idiocracy. You're just going to say things like "brought to you by Monster," and you just get paid for saying <laughs> it. That's your theory, right? Yeah. There's already a guy trying to do an app to do that. You're just promoting it. Yeah, let's get that app out there. But you don't want my AI that stops crime. No, I don't want your AI that stops crime. At your age, aren't you concerned about what those energy drinks are doing to your heart? No. Morgan, look, I've isn't eaten I've so never much seen McDonald's. Morgan drink a monster in my life. Um, I've eaten so much McDonald's oh my that God. my insides are preserved. <laughs> Probably looks like some Marilyn Manson art in there. Or an, an old Buddhist that 
you know, ate poison for 10 years so that he was preserved forever. Why monster overbang tonight? Uh, this is what my wife drinks, so I'm only going to drink one and I'll give her the other. Oh, that's kind. And that tastes good. It does. It's the zero sugar variant, so I mean, it's okay. Yeah, there's. it's got 10 calories. You no don't sugar. drink energy drinks. No, I do not. It's just B6 and B12 is all this is. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Okay. I mean, everybody gets a B12 shot every now and then. It's great for energy. It's all energy. Well, most energy energy, drink, energy drinks are just B vitamins. I like you when you have a bang. I don't know that I appreciate that comment. Why? Actually. Oh. <laughs> it's episode 69. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping you can't tell when I've had a bang or not. It's the time for entendres. <laughs> it is the time for entendres. I introduced Morgan to my favorite energy drink. It's Bang Energy Drink. This segment brought okay. to you by Bang Energy Drink. But they didn't have the, the deal. Hold on. Let me check my PayPal. Maybe they just sent me 175 right. bucks. Oh, it wouldn't be that much. It'd be like 17 cents. No, that's for okay. this show. Oh. This is a platform. It's well, not like I'm walking around the streets like with a bang in my hand. <laughs> Those people can get the 17 cents. Right. We're, come on. We're a little bougie here. Yeah, just send us a case. I mean, what's not to be bougie about? Look at this environment. We are, this is as Spare big no time experience. as it gets. Are you saying you're a little better than this? Oh my God. Don't Interesting get that question. conversation going with him. Interesting question. He's better than everyone. That's not at all. Except my wife at Boggle. And yet you have this kind of setup. The spice. What you require. Or mystery girl at Razzle. Oh yeah. She smokes me. Did you tell him about Santorini? Uh, you beat me on the second game of Santorini. That Big I've deal. Played. <laughs> you remember Santorini? Mm-hmm. The uh, stack building, tower building game. Yeah. It takes a chess mind, and Mystery Girl does have a very um, gamey mind. So what you'll notice is, like, when you beat him at games, that he'll want to change up the games and play different games. Mm, only with him. Mm. That's with anybody that beats you. Only, sort of only with him because it takes like 60 times for him to beat me at the game that we're playing. I'm just like, not right, true. moving on. Not true at to all. the next one. You know that's not true. Is cryptid is, I own you in Cryptid. He always brings up Cryptid too. <laughs> cryptid as in Sasquatch, Mothman, Guy for the Eels? Yeah, it's a, it's a deduction game. Um we're trying to find out where Bigfoot lives. Every player on the board. Yeah. Sorry, every, every player. It, it, it ended up being Arkansas where Bigfoot was. I've got a picture. <laughs> uh, basically, every player is given a different amount of information. And based on that, you have part of the answer to where the um, game winning uh, solution comes from. But you've got to formulate the rest of the evidence that you're you don't have access to. Deduction games are pretty fun to play, yeah. but I would suggest groups um, only. Like two-player deduction games, not so, not so great. Yeah, well, yeah, that's hard to play that game with two players. Right. It's a good video game I was playing recently. It's called Black Sad. It's uh, kind of like based on a the French indie game, and it's about this detective cat who's going around trying to solve this murder of like a hanged uh, owner of a boxing ring. And it's just really fun. You have to go around and gather clues. It's kind of like Nancy Drewish, but a little more dark because rhinos are beating your ass up. So <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that these days. Deduction games are emerging left and right. Well, the fun fact is that I really don't have a lot of experience with board games because I just never had... <laughs> 
You never had, had what? What? A second player. Mm. Oh. No family night board games? Oh, no. No. Were there board games in the house? Sometimes. Sometimes we had Battleship. We had Candyland. Okay. There was a Monopoly. No one ever played it. And so, Monopoly is like the fun the first two times you play it, and then you just realize it takes too long. Also, it takes the mind to play it, and uh, there, there was only one mind capable of it. Mm. Even not being an adult, that's pretty rough, man. But here you are now, and you're just going to release all of your inner gaming skills left and right. I like to think so. As we introduce you to new games on a weekly basis, and by we, I mean me. Mm. Until Morgan's comfortable with two non-vaccinated people at his game nights. To be fair, I've had it. So (laughs) it was a four-day trip of... Interesting. Coughing. But it felt like just my twice-a-year seasonal flu. Was this early on in the pandemic? Midway or late? Yeah, it was pretty early on. It was like maybe back in the fall of last year. But I just... uh, Every four hours, I took some medicine, like clockwork. And then it was gone. You work in a pretty high volume uh, style job where you're coming in contact with folks? Uncomfortably so. Mm, but that yeah. probably plays a big role in it, I would assume. Constantly mm. touching products, so. Yeah. Hmm. What can you do but wash your hands and hope for the best? So your confidence now um, should be heightened because from what we've discussed on this show, good immune systems and young, healthy immune systems seem to handle COVID pretty well. Yeah, it's like... To a degree. Yeah, if you have something genetically wrong with you, though, or you're compromised in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, you're in trouble. Right, which oh, yeah. is backs but, up the statement well, of, like, you should but, have confidence in where you stand. Well, some people don't... You don't always know you have an underlying condition. Really? No. no. That's why I've um, honestly been considering getting that, like, health check with that 23andMe, because it's just, you know, you yeah. don't know what that medical history is, and... My mom's side's kind of spotty, so really trying to find out what's in that background is kind of imperative looking forward. Interesting. Mom's side is kind of spotty. What state is that family from? If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer. It's not quite the East Coast, but it's definitely Northern. Just curious. I'm interested in where that question was going. Well, I come from purebred white trash, bro. West Uh, Virginia and Louisiana. Oh, I gotcha. Mm, Small world. I'll narrow it down to the tri-state area. Okay. And so, what does that have to do with um, genetic health? Probably nothing. Yeah. Well, you could look back to the greater populations that immigrated there and then determine from there who's got a higher likelihood of what they carry, what they're likely to be predisposed Susceptible to. Susceptible to disease, mm-hmm. sure. Well, some areas of the country... Like West Virginia. There's probably a good plenty good of ch- Germanic good backgrounds. Well, I was thinking more Scout. like cousin on cousin marriage and stuff like that in my background. You go. <laughs> that explains the thin eyebrows. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's that's probably true for everyone though, actually. Except Canadians. Oh no. Canadians aren't exempt well, from I, that. I think we're exempt from a lot. I don't think so. They club seals in Canada. That's, I have to continue to remind you that that's where seal clubbing comes from. It comes from the Canadians. That's about as bad as we get. And even that know. is regulated now. Canada was just as bad on indigenous people as the United States was. 
Is that accurate? Yes. Now, well, are you taking that in terms of like? It was all the ratios? British, really. Like, really? Hmm? It was all the British, by the way. But not the not the Canadians. Well, were British or French. The British and the French came over here together. <laughs> the, the French went I upward. Columbus. The French went upward, and the British went downward to to the U.S. They they split up a little bit. Not really. Yeah, they came around the same like fifty year time frame. It's the same. The same area of Europe founded the same conglomerate of, of the Western Hemisphere around the same time. So all of the sure, col- there's all the colonization, yeah, right? So the sure. colonizers aren't all too different, is all I'm saying. Okay. But Canadians are. <laughs> you know this. No, no, I don't. All right. So what's that different element that makes you guys all so kind and ready to say sorry? They have no idea what summer is. <laughs> That's a big part of it. Weather can affect you. Hot weather can affect you. Yeah, don't get the sad seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. Closer you are to the North Pole, closer you are to happiness and, you know. Santa. Santa. <laughs> yeah. Um, beyond that, I think Canadians have an observational deterrence from what they see um, when it comes to American society and culture, and they say, we don't want anything to do with that. Actually, they're absolutely fascinated with American society. Most of their news is about what makes American politics. Yeah, so we can laugh at them. No, nah, it's, well, I don't know if it's fully laugh. But come on, there, there's a lot of, you know, silly American-type conversations oh, yeah. had in Canada. There is, but, I mean, Canadians still have their city leaders strung out on coke. They do, the Toronto mayor, you mm-hmm. sure. You still have bank executives that steal money and go to Atlantic City and blow it all. Mm-hmm. There's corruption everywhere, yes. Yeah, I mean, but idiocracy is not as, I mean, doesn't have a stranglehold. The, the great maple syrup theft. I that's mean, fine, but that's smart. That's not idiocracy. <laughs> Wait, what? No. <laughs> Morgan has this buildup of five or six Canadian criminal stories that he always brings up whenever I start touting my homeland a little bit too hard. I mean... If Canada is a big exporter of syrup, that could be a detriment to their economy. How so? Well, I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like in 2011, 2012, 3,000 tons of maple syrup valued at 18.7 million were stolen from Quebec. Yeah, see that right there. Yeah. That could also make like a big the- social impact. Depending on if like the like how, communities use it around. So if you sure. steal it, how are you going to sell it? But the company, it's not like we're hiring companies to, you know, uh, make vaccines that have poisoned babies with arsenic and baby powders that they made. We don't have a Johnson and Johnson style history here. We don't have corruption in politics. Yeah, you're right. To there the, weren't very many entrepreneurs in Canada. Oh, <laughs> there weren't any industry leaders there. You're right. No, we just go about things ethically. So oh, the worst thing you'll hear is an $18 million heist with maple syrup involved. <laughs> no, it's just funny because that's news. Yeah, that's like, that's big news, too. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Canadians, just a brief mention here that the Montreal Canadiens at the, this time of recording are a game away from the Stanley Cup final for the first time in, oh, 30, 40 years. No, 93. 93. I was about to say. So 27 years. 93 was... No, 28. Hey. <laughs> if that doesn't. Was out of high school for two years? And that uh, year. Oh, you were out of high school two years? Yeah. Don't date yourself. I can date. I, I've. 
I mean, I I've went to three high schools, if that's any consolation. Class of 91. Yeah. That doesn't even sound right. Why? I, you shouldn't exist. You shouldn't. <laughs> Class of 91. No, do you feel weird when you drive around and you see um, SUVs like, Class of 2025, I made it. What the? Yeah, right? No. Yeah, sort of. You know, you're, you're, well, I'm thinking, man. My wife and I had a kid the moment we got out of high school. They would be graduating from high school now. Yeah. Bet you we should jump the gun, huh? Mm, I'm so <laughs> glad. Well, see, we got married first, so that that sealed the deal. No kids. Morgan's anti-child. Ah. Other people's children are fine. Are you actively against having children? Oh, yeah. We, we took great measures to not have kids. What do you feel you've gained and what do you feel you've missed out on having this um, train of thought in your marriage? I don't know that I've missed out on much, if hmm. anything. I guarantee you, and I, you've heard me say this before, especially on this show, but if my wife and I had had a kid in the first two years of us being married, we wouldn't be divorced today. Hmm. Guaranteed. So you're There's saying an, that your marriage was built on a weaker foundation? No. <laughs> well, if, no, see, there's too much that happens early on in a marriage. And when you throw a kid in that mix, it, you're not going to make it. You're never going to see the end of the tunnel. What about the people that would say that children build the strength in a marriage that wouldn't have been there with the, without the kid? Well, what if you're, if you're too only, distant? If your only bond is the kid, I think that's a bad principle to base your marriage off of. You don't think you think it's a bad base? Yes. Interesting. I could see that for sure. I don't wholly agree with it because I think kids have brought There's people no doubt. closer to one another. Oh, I don't. Maybe. I don't know. What about people that aren't necessarily in tune with the structure of what a good relationship feels like, and then they have a kid, and they're sort of forced into making it work? I don't know that you just all of a sudden correct because you have a kid. Well, you have to, or, or else... Everything collapses, right? You don't have to. There's plenty of people who don't. Yes. But what I'm saying is that it can help as well. I don't know, man. Mm. I don't know. You wouldn't even consider adoption at this point? No. If they were like 17 and they're and they're a senior in high school and oh, they're about to graduate in a terrible. few months. Oh, sure. my gosh. So sure. like you're a halfway house. Uh, for <laughs> when they're 18, they're going off to college. Yeah, I'll be your dad. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, you got a dozen cats anyway, so you've got plenty of children. Six. Thirteen cats isn't so bad. I mean, no? I had twelve at one point. Cumulatively, boy, I'm sitting with two very heavy cat people here. Yeah, that's weird for you, isn't it? It is. I can't get away from cat people. They're they surround Maybe me. Maybe you're a, you're actually a cat person. I'm a dog guy, for sure. You, you know why? Because one dog can do for me everything I need out of a pet. I don't need a. I don't need I know. this cat to do this and appease me, this part of my personality. <laughs> I don't need this cat to appease my part of this part of my personality. I don't either. I think you just may have experienced poorly trained cats or very cat cats. Yes. No. Oh, yes. My cats that I currently reside with are not necessarily... Um, one of them is, but the other one's not a very, um, I'm going to win you over and you're going to love cats, cat. That's what makes cats great. <laughs> They're not some stupid dog that just sees a person and just go, oh, pet me, pet me. 
And then, you know, you kick it, you throw it out of the car, and then it'll come right back to you. You have to earn the respect of a cat. <laughs> kick kick a cat, and then you remember you kicking them. Mm-hmm. And they might even try to get you back. Fair. I don't kick cats. So. I feed them, and I, know, I care but, for them, and I get nothing back. But if you engage with them, mm. yeah, I think I think the cat that you don't like likes me better than you anyway. I don't not like her anyways. I just oh. look at her and contemplate what role she services in our household. So you're neutrally ambivalent. There you go. With that one particular cat, I am. Because all she does is meow for food, and then she lays around the house the rest of the day. She's not a Have you done anything cat. to encourage a more Seems stimulating like a environment? young kid. <laughs> all they do is cry and beg for food and sleep. That's true. A young kid. Yeah. Like a newborn. Yeah. What else do you want them to do? <laughs> this cat's 12. In cat years, how old is that? I don't know. All mine live to like 17 or 18 or 20. Well, I'm on record for saying that I think you'd make a pretty good dad. But Probably. you, for some reason, can't see that in your life. Didn't want it. That's fair. I don't like sharing, man. So what'd you gain? <laughs> you got a jet ski? A best friend. Motorcycle. A best friend. Interesting. So when I observe my grandparents, right, six kids in nine years. So essentially from the time they got married, say 1920, until their 30s, there is some kid being born, right? I just don't know how close they truly were until they got way older. No part of you wants to defy that and say I could do it differently because of who I am? I I think it's got to be hard to do, right? Six kids in nine years. Holy crap, man. Without any outside support, I could see that being an easily hard thing to do. And you only one income earner here during this whole time. And you're talking about somebody that's probably working overtime just to make ends meet. That was the story for a lot of folks in the 40s, 50s. Uh, This is 70s, 80s, yeah. Your grandparents? yeah, this is when they're... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, that wasn't meant to be offensive, but your grandparents were I mean, raising families their in Their youngest 50s. kid was born in 65. Their oldest kid was born in 55. Okay. So, I mean, you're by the time the 70s roll around, all the kids are, are a little bit older, but they're all in the house. So, yeah, you're looking basically from 55 to 80 so at least. So, it's fair to say, if I'm using your example, and it's funny, our first episode covered... Um, declines in population and all that. The family size getting smaller and smaller over the course of the years, has it been rooted in stories like yours to where the kids observed how difficult it was for their parents and psychologically they said, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do this as much? I don't know. I don't see many six-kid households anymore. It's one or two is the limit for a lot of folks. and. If it's more than that, there's, there's kind a of a people like me that don't have kids. Yeah. And if it's more than that, it's kind of if it's more than three, I would say it's either folks are very well off and can afford to just have farms of kids or they have a, a reckless disregard for having children and don't yeah. really care about the ramifications. Because, yeah, 
there's no middle ground to it anymore. I guess the middle ground is the middle class of a nuclear family of four that just goes by the book and, and handles things very appropriately and very kosher with, uh, but even that doesn't make much sense to me anymore because yeah, I've been on the verge of nine to five commitment as a parent and saying, Oh yeah, this is the next 30, 40 years of my life. And my, my entire being rejected it completely. And it wasn't necessarily for me. It wasn't because I couldn't do the job or I was tired of it or bored. That was a factor, of course. But it was because of the time spent away from the child at that point in her life. It was like it, it didn't make sense to do something that was alien to what I was feeling on a day-to-day basis. I don't See, I think people's mentality 50 years ago uh, would not have indulged in that sort of thought process and would have just powered through. Well, you had to with six kids. Probably had to with one kid or two kids. Mm. Maybe. I don't know that the number of kids. I just I use that as an example because, I mean, hell, I mean, <laughs> how much did you get to know each other in that decade? You know, how much you and her time did you have? In and, the 60s? No. Yeah. I mean, one mom's either having a baby or pregnant or cooking for kids or cleaning. Dad's always at work. I just wonder. Right. You know, for, like, that's where the so, stereo, so, that's where all the negative stereotypes so, so what are I, trying to erode at. What I gained from. is all this time with my wife. So all you this say? growth as friends, as lovers, as whatever. Sure. That's what I gained. I, I don't I don't think I don't think any couple as a kid gets to gets to have that sort of thing. Interesting. Would well, I vehemently is- disagree. But I, go know, ahead. I know you do. I have a question. I swear you do have a question. Would you say that there's like a higher level of intimacy now versus a few decades ago? I would say it was always high. No, I meant generationally, not for like. Oh, you I, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I bet it's more sought after today than it was 50 years ago. Why do you think that is? I think, uh, well, like we, we grow up slower today than we did 50 years ago. Um, and like, I mean, that's what the deal was, right? Go to high school, you meet the girl you're going to marry in high school or the boy you're going to marry in high school. You get married when you get out of high school and you just start having kids and without really knowing each other, you're having kids. And then, then you find yourself in some rundown job because you didn't, you know, you didn't go to college or whatever. Uh, or a, a labor intensive job maybe that pays well and you just, you know, as it is, it's, I don't know. You just, it wasn't as important to be intimate with the other person. I don't think back then, heck hat. I mean, we're not that far from arranged marriages being I was gonna sort, of a, that, man. sort of a thing. And even Subliminal. in some, even in some cultures today, you know, you've got still have arranged marriages. So, I mean, I don't know. Arranged marriage. I, mean, I, think, I, think, I think today. <laughs> Interesting we, segue. I think we seek it, seek intimacy more today than we did in the past. Absolutely. That's a good question. You got any more? <laughs> well, I was going to, you know. Do you think that's genetically limiting to seek a partner so locally? No. no we move around enough, probably more than we've ever in any 
point in history and time. We've definitely stopped marrying Where did you meet cousins. your wife? Well, I met my wife uh, in my mom's living room. <laughs> so it was an enraged marriage. <laughs> no. Uh, she was friends with my sister. Interesting. Small world. It is. Hmm. <laughs> What's the next question? I see the wheels turning. Well, they are. My my wife though's from California, right? Well, born in Arizona, grew up in California, didn't move. She here. made her way to you. Yeah, didn't make didn't move here until I don't know. She was probably 10, 11, 12, something like that. So the localization of your meeting was not necessarily um, like arranged. It was organic. Yeah, yeah. It it made my like mom your had alliance. to be living in the same apartment complex. Exactly. And my sister had to run across this person. All through. the connections your romantic yeah. mind has already made long, long ago. Interesting that someone that romantically inclined would say no to kids. Yeah, no. All the time. Well, and it's not just me, right? It's her. Sure, it's a 50-50. Yep. And, and that might be why you... In fact, I would have been probably more open to kids than my wife would ever have been open to kids. I mean, in a lot of ways, for me, it was like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm fine either way. But we definitely did not want to have kids in those first... 10 plus years. We never even tried to have kids after that. Makes sense. What are your thoughts on, on what you've just heard? What size family is optimal for you? <laughs> She's an old maid now. Late twenties. married. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I've got my options, you know, there's single dads, rich millionaires. Mm-hmm. If I play my cards right, I could do both. Interesting. So maybe someday, I guess, my options in terms of families just depends on how limiting I, I keep myself. What do you want? What do I want? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just want to travel. And I did hear, you know, I heard travel is pretty easy and uh, usually more affordable if you have kids that are quite young, you know, like a year or younger. Maybe they're a little annoying, but they're flying, they're crying. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd say four kids. That's a reasonable amount. Four? Yeah. My dad, he had four. By what age? 38. Let me pull out the notepad here. You better get cracking. 10 years, four children. Well, a few years ago, he had one more, so. Interesting. I adopted a whole litter of cats. Maybe you could adopt like (laughs) twins or triplets or something. Sure. (laughs) Now, see, that would be a more efficient way of just. Right, getting, getting the done. family. Getting yeah. the end goal. Honestly, I would not be opposed to like twins or even triplets. I would just be, you get it done, perfect. You move on. Yeah, endure twice the hell. And the if one fucks right? up their life, at least you get to look at the other two and be like, all right, who's, you guys who's looking did to fill great. <laughs> you just take individual photos of them and then you can just show them off doing all the various neat things. And that way you can just be proud of each each picture without the hassle. You've got it all thought out. I am a calculated person, I like to think. It's a good thing. Makes for a good gamer. A great board gamer. Let me tell you, though. Surrogacy and, like, in vitro, that is not cheap. I've looked into that. Have you? I have. I've thought of donating eggs to afford some of them. Hmm. You ever donated eggs? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, you know, the sperm bank doesn't quite 
work in the same way I that they do in movies. They put advertisements on the back of public transportation now for sperm and plasma. It's yeah. a little kind of disgusting, in my opinion. No, I never even thought about it. I don't want another someone with my DNA running around. Sorry. Right. Well, I mean, you got the COVID thing, so you don't I'm have COVID control proof. over that now. Yeah. See, I think that's where vanity comes into play for myself, is honestly, with you know how easy it was for me to get over COVID, at least the strain I had, as well as... I mean, physically, I can acknowledge that I am conventionally attractive. I, I mean, I see the way people react to me just in public, so it's fine. Guys I'm are... not egotistical. It's just an acknowledgement of sure. a general fact. Yeah, I think all of us at the table feel that way about us. I just want to encourage someone like myself. I see potential to improve the world I live in around me, so why not propagate that? Maybe tenfold, even. I'm not against ten kids. I'm really. Well, alrighty then. You better strive for that millionaire in that case. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> or, or work the guy you're interested in up to millionaire, billionaire status and get you there. Get an OnlyFans account. That's the shortcut. Oh. Well, you're, you're into shortcuts. Much like video games, shortcuts Am are I? not as satisfying. Yes. I don't like shortcuts. You're Morgan. kind of. I'm not a shortcut guy. Oh my gosh! Wait a second. Let me get a little Larry David with you. What makes you think I'm into shortcuts? We have all these discussions. Look at that big running crease on your arm, the Pipitawati from this <laughs> cheap ass boardroom table. We're sitting oh, no, on on, yeah. your, on the back of your elbow. Poor guy. So, what makes me a shortcut guy? You're constantly talking about shortcuts on this show. Are you kidding me? Shortcuts to bigger problems, yeah, yeah to solving yeah, bigger so problems. That's because of the lackadaisical efforts that have been perpetuating for millennia. It's the same approach to the same problem. So, of course, I've developed shortcuts that say, hey, all these Neanderthalic minds <laughs> that are coming up with resolutions aren't getting the job done. So, here's a shortcut apply intellect. Have you considered running into politics? Yes, but I can't in this country all too easily. Not for the positions that I'm interested in, because I'm a Canadian citizen. Mm. So I'm a I'm a go bigger go home. Acceptable. Hmm. I don't think you'd like it. I know 100. percent I would hate it. Local office. Hmm. I mean, I just don't think going in to some sort of e- even school board, city council, whatever. And it'd be like arguing with a wall every day. You mean the bureaucracy aspect? Well, this person's far left. This person's far right. They're never going to meet in the middle ever. What if you infuse that sort of, of connection though? What if you're the, the catalyst to that? Yeah, you won't be, you'd be sorely disappointed. Hmm. That's why skipping that smaller entry point was always something I was interested in, but apparently you can't do that in the world of politics. You gotta start small and work your way up unless you're, you know, the first of your kind, which has made me think like maybe I, I fake like a gender change or something. And then I get in <laughs> the politics because or, if they no, try and dig too deeply, <laughs> then well, they're invading your space. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot of ways of, of, um, promoting yourself these days to um, stand out um, and, and get 
attention. And I've never been that type of person. But if I went into a political realm, I would not want to spend 20 years in local office just to work my way up from there. I think you can affect change significantly, but like realistically, being a mayor of like a Dallas suburb, for example, there's a lot of mayors. How many of them do you hear about? Well, so I wanted to run for Arlington City Council here this past March. Of course you did. And of course my wife's like, no way, you're not running. So I didn't. Yeah, you got to get so many signatures, blah, 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 to get on the ballot or whatever. Anyway, I'm like, I have a brilliant campaign plan. All my signs will just be movie quotes. (laughs) You need a bigger boat. Vote Morgan. Appealing to idiocracy. Essentially. That's what people are. If I just have funny signs everywhere, guess what they'll do when they get to the boat to the they'll booth? Vote they'll you. vote for me. I mean, eventually that will be more effective. Yeah. As the generations are more exposed to memes and things like that. So it could work in maybe another at the five very to seven least years. at the very least, I'm laughing every time I see one of my signs. And I know my wife's cringing, going, Oh my god, he's, he's so doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> Interesting. Well, now I kind of want to run for local office. I mean, at the very least, think of what you could do to influence educational systems. Locally. Oh God, you're not going to do that as a parent and be like on a school left. board or PTA. PTA. Like yeah, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, no. You got to be a PTA. Guy. I'm going to find out soon. I got a five year old. Good luck with that. Oh, my mom was on PTA, and she was a dragon. Vocal. <sighs> hmm. She was that mom. I didn't make, I didn't make the all-star team one year out of the seven years that I played little league baseball from age nine to about 14, well, 15. There was one year I didn't make it and all my stats were in support of me making it. But it was a year where me and the coach had, uh, one of our coach was on the voter board for the all-star team every year. He was kind of like the big coach of the league, most tenured and he and I got into a couple of arguments about the number of games that I was pitching. And I always thought that I should be pitching more. And my parents were advocates for that as well. I didn't get voted on the all-star team. And my parents had a closed-door meeting with the coach. And two days oh later, two, I know, I felt terrible. Two days later, I was on the all-star team. <laughs> so I empathize with the dragon mom mentality it's just unfortunately with boys i think it uh instead of intellectual things that it does revert back to sports quite often um did you have parents morgan that uh stepped up for you when something didn't go your way at school or something like that no 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 i was a good kid man i never had anything not go my way from that standpoint and while I played sports, and I wouldn't, I don't know that my parents were so enthralled with it to argue I wouldn't be on an all-star team or whatever. I didn't care. Yeah, that's the part that's embarrassing for me is that, I mean. And I probably would have been like, uh, mom, please don't, please don't. At 12? Yeah. Hmm. Well, oh, then yeah. you had fortitude and prowess at that age that I did not. I don't not. know if that's fortitude or prowess. It just would have been 
like an embarrassing moment for me, and I definitely would have said something. Oh, but I felt like I should. I felt like I got robbed. I felt like I got snubbed. Yeah, I was batting like three forty three. Had three home runs that's in lame. Little League. That's lame in Little League, bro. 48 RBIs. That's a, so in lame. a 28-game season. What are you talking about? So lame. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was a good baseball player. Mm. Baseball Maybe. sucks. It does. Oh, it's, baseball's the most beautiful sport on the face of this planet. It's such an American sport. <laughs> it's a little boring to watch. Except they play it in Japan. I mean, it's a glorified cricket. Mm. No, it's way better than cricket. Cricket has too many rules, and the and a single game can last like ten days. Favorite sport? Mm. Polo. The one with the horses? Yeah. Okay, not water polo. Well, there's a there's a water polo, buddy. Well. Okay, but if you're talking about water polo, you, you say, water, say polo. water polo. You don't say polo and you're talking about water polo. All right. That, that's fair enough. I'm a little aloof yeah, still the, tonight. I know. That's the Canadian in you. I get it. It's the heat. It's the week. It's the no AC at home. It's my life situation. It's a whole lot of stuff. Maybe mm. you should drink your energy drink. It's already done. Oh. I'm going to crush the can on my head now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that on here. It would hurt. He'd probably knock himself out. Yep. I'm telling you, you get older, you stop doing stuff. Knees start creaking. Stuff yeah. like that. You, you can't do things like you used to be able to do them. So I hear at least. But I'm into defying expectations. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm 25. Well, you should. You don't do anything. That's what <laughs> But walk around stores all day. Uh, yeah, I have more steps I mean, than you. What do you do? I jog occasionally. Oh, when was the last time you ran? Uh, like ran a mile an or two hour miles. and a half ago. Well, I ran up the street to my car. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you ran two miles? Mm, about 10 years. Yeah. What does that have to do with it? I'm just saying. Don't when's sit the last there time and you say, did, When's the last time you did a jumping jack? I mean, if the only know. goal is really to get See? your heart rate up for an extended period of time. Anything will to, do. You don't have to run. The aspect of cardio is there. Well, it's the impact on the legs. It's the impact on the on the body. Can your body handle the two miles? Oh, let's find out after the show. Let's see who can run run further. I'm not running tonight, bro. <laughs> um, jumping jacks are my cardio. Yeah. Okay. Disc golf to a certain degree. That's not really cardio. The walking. Unless you're playing specific courses that have up and down, which we I, do, I don't know quite we do sometimes. Not I tell you, don't think disc golf is cardio. You, the guy we were playing with last week didn't last too long. He fell down though. <laughs> would he have lasted long if he hadn't fell down? No, he'd have been done after the so first. So it would have been because of nine. poor cardio. It was also 500 degrees. It seemed like right, but yes, poor cardio hurt him. Yeah, we him. we yes. played disc golf. In Dallas summers for four or five years now. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and you are the advocate that it's not getting any hotter. It's always been this hot. Yeah, it's not getting any hotter. Okay. So his cardio has visibly decreased over the course of the last three or four years. Of course it has. There you go. So disc golf is a a cardio-sensitive and amplified uh, sport. I like it. Sort of, but how old's your dad? Uh, 70. Who has no problem keeping up on the disc golf course. It's good cardio. 
saying. You know why? Because he walks around airports all day. <laughs> Just like I walk around thrift stores. All day. Mm-hmm. All day. I do more than that. I'm sure you do. Our dads are almost the same age. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Fascinating. You got a nice little uh, black denim outfit tonight for our listeners. That We don't get a lot of female Generally, guests. Those are called vests. We don't get a lot of female guests on this show. You are the third. Fourth. Well, there. Kelly was my Oh, phone. yeah, that's right. Yeah, two co-workers uh, that we used to work with that you still do, Morgan. Yeah. Your wife, who was a phone-in phone call, and now the mystery girl. Do you believe in ghosts? No, absolutely not. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, absolutely. I watch ghost hunters. <laughs> I watched my mom hunt for them. Really? Mm-hmm. And those, uh, those circles that would appear in the pictures, which were obviously just... From the flash. Were they though? I believe so. Mm. Based on science. Morgan, your scientific mind, what makes you believe in ghosts? Science. <laughs> what kind of science? Oh, uh, the, just, kind they, um, the kind they rammed down your throat on TLC or Discovery Channel? Well, there just seems to be a little bit to it. I would agree. But it's not because of those shows, right? No. Okay, good. You were just being facetious. Yes, I was being facetious. Do you have some examples? Not really, because I don't go ghost hunting. I haven't had any ghost experience, per se. Like, I don't know that I've ever encountered a ghost, but seems feasible to me. A show like Hellier help out a little bit? Maybe. I haven't thought about Hellier in a while. I wonder if they ever did season three. Are you familiar with um, the idea of synchronicities? Vaguely. Things that things that your brain and your mind connect that wouldn't necessarily be observable unless you were meant to pick up on them? That's a roundabout way of saying... Destiny? Yes. What if some of that stuff is encouraged by... People who have, not people, but uh, spirits, beings that have access to, like an adjustment bureau style. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Well, I believe in ghosts. I believe in spirits. I believe in getting help from the other side, even, in many ways. And there are some elements to things that happen on this plane that are so unexplainable that you have to think you're getting a little bit of help along the way from something, some entity, some force. Otherwise, Because I'm pretty good at explaining stuff, mm-hmm. scientifically even, in some regards. But there are some things that I just can't explain. That doesn't mean they're not explainable. Right. I just don't have access to them because it's not my realm to maybe uh, comprehend. Right. And that's not to say that's why I believe in ghosts. That's that's to say, um, that's why I believe in more than us. What's your idea of a ghost? It may not even be like something you physically see, but you know the presence is there. There you go. Um, an energy that is not human. Um, it's probably human. Formerly what's, what's human. In, what's interesting is, well, it may just be 
some crazy time vortex thing and what you're actually seeing is something that happened in the past or that's going to happen in the future. Like you're just seeing echo. a very b- brief blip of it or something. Yeah. I like that. Or premonition. You could be your own ghost. You could be. If we figure out time travel, then we could be our I don't even ghost. know that if you're just believing multiverses and all that stuff. What if we're all... Or multi-dimensions or anything like that. What if we're all video gaming our futures in like 2100 <laughs> or video gaming our past in 2100 and like your 100-year-old body decrepit in all of its existence is like sitting with a controller saying, ah, I'm going to drive to work again in yeah. this boring ass hot traffic. I think, that, I think that's what would happen if you put it on autopilot. Mm. Like you wouldn't play that part of the game. I mean, by the time we're like 100, I would assume that we have something that we could either put on like a helmet and stimulate the mind with like electrical impulses in certain locations Uh to allow us to believe that we're there. I mean, I got out of biomed just because I was bored with it. So I went to a county. (laughs) By the time you're 100, you'll have metal legs. (laughs) It'll be like... You know, you'll not you'll not age. You'll be able to do that. You won't have to. The, the lifespan will be two hundred, three hundred years. You think we get to, there in seventy five years? Yeah, perhaps. I don't know how far away we are now. I mean, think of where three D printers have come. So at, to this point, I mean, essentially, that's you'll be able to three D print organs. You'll be able to three D print skin. That's you'll, already in the works. Yeah, in the labs of UTA, I was watching them start protein printing. So. Yeah. I mean, mm. this stuff's already had. I mean, we're not that far away. Can you right. 3D print Morgans? I don't know if you can quite do that. <laughs> We've been successful can, with sheep. Yeah. But so not, you're like but one really, step up. You know? <laughs> Unless you consider Morgan a sheep. Ooh. I'm definitely there's, a, there's a conversation that uh, would bring in a little spice. Why? Are you sheepish in some regards? No. No? Okay. I understand that I live in a city with like seven other million people. Mm -hmm. So I understand there are things that even though I might really want to do it, I can't because it doesn't, you know, it creates chaos. So from that standpoint, yeah, because I understand that I'm around other people. I need to be conscious of other people's. So I'll do things in an assimilatory fashion. Sure. But that's um, rejecting what you really want to be doing. No, it's not. Well, you cause chaos in your little world sometimes, and that's that's you spilling over, in my opinion. That's the real you getting it out. No, not necessarily. You don't think so? No. What's your idea of chaos? Oh, it, I don't know. Deciding to drive a thousand miles an hour as fast as my car will go down the highway and just hitting any vehicle that you, gets in my way. You drive an Elantra. So? So we're talking 75, yeah, 80. <laughs> Oh no! I know that thing can. Halt. I've got a sport, sir. Mm-hmm. Way faster than your car. It is. Yeah. It's not my car. I drive a minivan. <laughs> I have a big white blobby van now. I can tell you, going 160 down the George Bush is not as exhilarating as you would think. It's still fun, but not as fun as like a ride at the carnival or Six Flags. Really? Yeah. Were you behind the wheel? No. Oh. I don't drive. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, for me. Turning at high speeds is more fun than going straight out at high speed. Because you know the fact that you can, or you like testing. No, I just like the G force. It's like a ride, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I asked you to go to Six Flags with me sometime yeah. soon. You yeah, said you'd I'll consider go. it. I almost got season passes not that long ago. Six bucks a month. You can't really beat it. I know, but I would also throw in the all you can eat too, because that's only what four bucks a month to, oh. on top of that. Uh, of course you would. The, all you can the eat. Disgusting nastiness yeah. of Six well, Flags. You, well, I all mean, if if you just go buy a bottle of water well, every got, time you go, they've got Panda Express there, and if you get the teriyaki bowl with like super greens, you're fine. There's a Panda Express at Six Flags. There was when I went huh. years ago, but I didn't see one this go round. But maybe I'll have to look that up. I mean, all can, I saw was churros, corn dogs, all the unhealthy fried <laughs> stuff that the fatso's walking around at Six Flags just love. I saw. I, You're so judgmental. There's no, always I'm not. A yes, you are. What makes you You're think such I'm such a fat judge- shamer? <laughs> what? No, I'm not. I'm really not. Okay. You know I'm not. I know you're not. He's sure. a health pusher. There you go. That's the the optimistic way. You of should be vegetarian. He's aggressively by the positive. Way, <laughs> I'm close. By the way, our our buddy's no longer vegetarian. Mm, Miguel. Maggie. Oh, okay. I don't know about Miguel. I assume. Oh, we'll grill him next time he's on the okay. show. We'll we'll put him under the lights. I'll have my yeah. Euro meat sizzling off to the left on the stove and see if he his nose picks it up like a rabid dog. <laughs> I was like, I knew it wouldn't last. What's your diet like, Mystery Girl? Uh well, when I can get a hold of it, I usually prefer light meats like fish or chicken. I really I'm really not a chicken fan though. It's boring. So if I can get a variety of fish or a balanced like bean diet, I prefer it. It's cleaner. It just feels better. Beans? I love different kinds of beans. Mm. So like Indian food. Huge fan of it. Cool. Also, really smelly food. Mm. So it's not very easy to get a hold of in my household with like eight cats. So... Yeah, they're the ones with the smelly food. Let me tell you about <laughs> our recent introduction to wet cat food. Not for me. It stinks in my house. We were dry cat food for 10 plus years, or she's been 10 plus years. I've only known him for seven. And then all of a sudden, I walk in one day and there's this pungent, nasty, open container stench. And, you know, I'm trying to watch a show. I'm trying to do a little work on the dinner table. And all I can smell is the mixed hybrid of cat litter and wet cat food. And I I just, I don't get it. My cats get wet food twice a day. Still haven't been over to your place to. Yeah, you'll never see my place. Right. You don't want me to be judgy. Yeah, Mr. Judgy. I'm going to sell that place anyway this year, probably. So. Good. What are you selling it for? I need a place to live. Getting, <laughs> getting, I've oh, been no, getting kicked uh, out for six months now. Well, I mean, I don't know that you would want to live that far away from everything. That's true. That's amazing. There's, is there a movie training company in Arlington? There I'm is. Sure there is. Yeah, there yeah. is. There used to be an entertainment. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm right not by the mall. far from the Parks Mall, so... Oh, yeah. I think there is one off of Coop. Just off it's close Cooper. to Parks Mall. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now that I can think about it, I can picture it where it's at now. I'd move anywhere in the country uh, that has a movie trading movie company. company, Vintage Stock slash Entertain Mart. Those are their three brands. Yeah, it's my go-to place. I, I love understand. that place. Yeah. It's fascinating. Captivating. Yes. Get for lost. You. I get lost in it. I know. 
It's all so those steel books, huh? Steel books. <laughs> hey, you don't hear that every day. Somebody knows this about steel books. I'm Live Island one that just came out. I was watching the uh, the Shout Instagram drop. Oh yeah. And I was really excited about. The Secret of Arietti. It came in a green steel book. It did. All the Studio Ghibli steel books uh, are released on that line. Now, see, I'm not a fan of all the movies, Mm -hmm. but certain stories, I'm sold. Secret World of Arietti being one of them? Mm -hmm. That's based on the borrowers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Small People. Yeah. I think it had John Goodman in it. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, I don't know. You haven't seen that movie? Mm, I don't think so. You're a big John Goodman fan, though. I like John Goodman, yes. Favorite John Goodman movie? Big Lebowski's up there. That's a pretty good one. Probably his most iconic role. It's up there? I would say him as Walter, though, is his most iconic role. Hmm. Yeah. Versatile for what he is. Or who he is. How he looks. Very versatile. Yeah. Fat shamer. (laughs) Who he is, what he looks like. Yes. What does well, that mean? Well, that means you can get pigeonholed into certain roles and into you have a certain look, right? Right. You know? And he's a it's bad not, actor. Well, it's not like he does like some of these actors, right? And goes on a diet and loses, you know, a hundred pounds to fit into I thought a John role. Goodman did lose a lot of weight recently. Oh, he may have, but I'm just saying like Matthew McConaughey lost how much weight for uh, that movie? Dallas uh, Buyers Club? Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, I mean, it took him a long time to lose it compared to Rosie. Mm-hmm. Oh, John Goodman. Uh, are we talking about Matthew McConaughey or John Goodman? John Goodman. <laughs> yes. Roseanne. Yeah, I guess that's his iconic role. Is uh, well, Dan. it's on a TV show, but I don't know if that. I don't. I never was a big fan of that show. So I, I didn't watch it all that much. Yeah, it had its moments. Okay. Most, I guess, TV shows do. No, but the big, uh, the big spoiler at the end was that. They dreamt up the the whole they won the lottery thing. Oh, I don't know. I never watched it. Okay, well, spoiler. Now you're spoiling it for me. If you haven't seen the 18 seasons of Roseanne, I just blew it all in a 10 second segment on meandering. Way to go! No big deal. Back to you. Hmm. (laughs) What about me? Well, we haven't learned a whole heck. Well, maybe that's not true. We've learned a little bit tonight about this mystery. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I've sprinkled things here and there. Hmm. You haven't driven a car. That's interesting. I have. Wait a second. Just not licensed. You don't have a license, a driver's license? No. So why not get a driver's license? Mm. Ooh, good answer. Coming up. Because I've just never found the use in terms of my situations to have needed it. So you've been driven around? Oh, yeah. I've always been chauffeured. Chauffeured. Specific term usage there. Doesn't that, uh, doesn't that limit, like... Freedom? Yeah, individuality. Like, you can't just get up and go and do whatever, whenever. Well, it depends on if you want to limit yourself to just the idea of using a car. I don't know that it's limiting. I mean, if I want to drive somewhere and just go, I don't have to rely on someone else. Yeah. I've never really let that stop me from going places. I've got blades. Are I've you, got a bike. you afraid of driving? Fearful? Mm, not particularly. I mean, it's more tedious to learn. I mean, I actually put myself through driver's education with like Christmas money. 
And then there came a point where if I were to have gotten my license at that time, it would have been a detriment to a future I saw myself in based on who I lived with. Is that a parent or a boyfriend? Could have been both. Okay. <laughs> Separately. You did grow up in West Virginia, right? <laughs> I did not. Oh, no. Uh, West Virginia parents. comes from... That's him. That's <laughs> my dad's side. Oh, I got you. You grew up in the region, the Midwest region of the United States, I'm assuming. Tri-state area. Come Is on, that... man. Are you not listening to the show? I am. Boy, this would be the first episode you ever paid this much attention to. I'm no. the <laughs> I accuse you this a lot. Tri-state is... Just Google it. Oh, I don't. I didn't bother to log into their Wi-Fi. I don't use the internet for our episodes. This question is as... Oh, Pennsylvania, so, Ohio. Curious as the Simpsons, where is their Springfield located? Right, right. right. Yeah, there are several tri-state areas, probably. Yeah. Seriously, you say tri-state area, and it could be Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. That's yeah, true. but that's more like a four-corner type thing, because yeah. here we get real blocky as, yeah, we, you got as we get Louisiana west of... Well. When I use that terminology, it's very American-specific, so... <laughs> that doesn't help. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Every state is a tri-state minus Hawaii no, and Alaska. It's not. Yeah. If if I live in Seattle and I'm like, hey, focusing on that keyboard. I'm in the tri-state, <laughs> Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Asshole. Yeah, but I, there probably has to be a city or a lot of shared border population. Okay. Makes sense like like New York City. That's fair. New Jersey is just there. Connecticut's just there. Hmm. Is it different being on the show than listening to it? Partly. Mm-hmm. Wait, Partly wait until you hear all of what we've discussed back and you hear the nooks and crannies of the conversation that you couldn't, you didn't have time to pick up on. Oh, God. So how many serious relationships? Oh, here we go. Uh, we're, we're nearing the third uh, hour of meandering. No, we're not. We're at, we're at an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Slow creep tonight. I like it. Mm. Press play, stop time. Uh, well, my first relationship lasted about eight years. Oh, wow. High school sweetheart. Gotcha. Grow apart? Yeah. Yeah. I could say that. Yeah. That happens. It does. It was essentially an arranged Oh, pairing. no. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Because that probably, I mean, I, I can see that. Like, my wife and I's relationship definitely changed from having to be around each other all the time and into the same things to each having different things we're into and um, very okay with spending his uh, time apart doing what we liked versus dragging the other person through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife hates horse racing. I enjoy horse racing. I had an epiphanic moment uh, recently with my former relationship. And, you know, I've discussed this on the show a little bit here and there over the course of the last five or so episodes. We both came to terms that we did not establish a strong enough friendship to begin with at the start of our relationship. And it's an interesting one because you're part of observing that because we work together. And that was kind of predominantly where we saw each other for the most part. 
And it's very difficult to, I mean, we established a friendship at work. It's different with somebody you're romantically well, linked with. N- they no. don't get to see well, you. I mean, the big thing is you had to keep it secret, right? That too. <laughs> so it's not like you could engage with each other at work in the way that you and I engaged with each other at work. That's right. As openly because as Because if you were open about it, then everybody knew about it, and then mm-hmm. you had problems, right? Right. And yeah, uh, I think that was a main hiccup in... Could be. Oh, it, it was, because then sure. within three years, it's two people who are hardly friends having a child together. Yeah. So it happened very quickly. Yeah. And we both came to terms with it. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Anyways, this is the counseling hour. Right. So <laughs> so back to... Eight, eight years. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's tough. And then after that? Then I started a relationship of three years. Like immediately after? Oh, yeah. Like I was moving in in one day. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Swiftly. So it was what about a like, rough ending. What about like trying to be trying trying to live alone for a while between relationships? The thoughts crossed my mind. <laughs> I, I always find it fascinating. Like I'm pretty sure if my wife and I ever anything happened and I w- we were no longer together. I don't think I'd ever date again. You're 46. I know. I get it. I'm You've older. Been one person all your life. I get it, but. Um, I could see why you would say that. I think other people would have the opposite, like divorcees, right? Moms that maybe uh, get divorced, say between 35 and 40. I think they go crazy. A lot of them do. Like they missed out Uh, on all that fun between 18 and 35. Did they though? And they play catch up. And that's what those are cougars. It's like the, the calling card of a cougar. See the cougars. Those are the people who were not passionate about life to try and go for it when they wanted it. I would say they probably got into situations where they couldn't go for it. Like when you bring a kid into this world and they're young, you can't go for it. There's no following your heart and doing whatever the hell you want. You're not, you're, but isn't that the going for it part? Sorry. We all have different uh, interpretations of the same conversation here. The woman who goes for it might be the 27-year-old who goes out, meets, uh, dates a bunch of guys, and then settles on one guy and then has a kid. Like, that could be going for it. Like, the the sex that builds up to the kid is probably still pretty wild or going for it. Well, I mean... It's not like like she has to... That cougars never went for it, and then all of a sudden find themselves I would say that they probably had other things that prevented them from just going for it. I can see that. They're playing catch up, right? Cougars are 45-year-old women and oh, man, I would say 35 to 45. Huh. Cougars start younger than 45, bro. Does Definitely. it does a cougar so cougars just defined by older woman with divorced is what I would say. Yeah. Or, or, or those kid. tropes of hot moms while the yes. guys are getting ready to go off to college. You don't see those? Come on. I don't. Oh, well. This is why you wanted me to be single for five years. <laughs> ten years. Just a year. Just, Just a, a year. year, sir. That's all. But that's okay. It doesn't always happen that way. Well, I mean, who's to say? It, <laughs> it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't. Hmm. You want to go to a strip club? 
<laughs> you could Let's also, well, you better go now because I think they're going to be extinct in the next 10. I minutes. wonder if they'll let us give them 50 bucks to have a podcast in, the, <laughs> in their meeting room. Yeah, I don't want to the champagne there. room? Mm. I mean, you have a problem with cat food smell. Come on, bro. Oh, jeez. I've 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 been to a lot of strip clubs and I used to go for the conversation strictly. Oh, I'm sure you did. My best friend at the time, very close friend. I went for met concerts. his wife at the strip club. Yeah, worst case scenario. It turned out that way. Wow. But they had two Shocking. kids and a divorce. Shocking. And he's happier than ever now. Might have been even happier if he'd never with a younger girl and a baby on the way. Ugh, that's Isn't not that happiness crazy? to me. <laughs> a younger girl oh, and no. just the baby part. Having two kids with one girl, divorce, then having a younger girl with another kid—that's not happiness to me. You have a field day with my dad. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just—I mean, that may be happiness for other people, and happiness that's just figuring that's it happy, out. Yeah, if that's their happy place, more power to them. For, for me, that just seems like a like a psychological emotional nightmare for 18 years, 20 years. It depends on how you handle it. Sure. What's your relationship history like Morgan? Oh wait, we're not done with mystery girls yet. So after the eight so year, you what, go to three years. What, what's your uh, status now? Are you living at home with uh, parents? <laughs> Both of my parents. Well, my father lives with my stepdad. Now that's interesting. Yeah, they became great friends. My mom, I honestly haven't really spoken to her in the past three years. Oh, wow. So I have no idea where she is. I gotcha. I gotcha. I left and went to college to get out of her uh, domain. Well, yeah. And so my high school sweetheart became a roommate. Oh, now? No? No longer. Uh, I mean, we we separated, obviously. Oh. Because I was changing, and he wasn't. I wasn't asking him to, but he didn't like the fact that I was changing. Yeah, it'd be that's like that sometimes. And, yeah, that's holding you back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even went through therapy and things like that. You know, honestly, the there were core elements to a relationship that were definitely just dead set no. <laughs> Makes sense. I wanted a family eventually, and he was so afraid of responsibility, his terms, man, that he never wanted to. That's why he had a map of all the local so, abortion clinics. I, I can Jesus. I wish I were joking. I got interviewed <laughs> on our clinics. first three dates about how I felt on abortion. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What? Is so these still are, hung out? These Come are the on. aspects. It was the best choice oh, at I the gotcha. time in I a gotcha. small town. This is based on physical attributes solely mm. or intellect as well? Physical, intellectual, and resources. So, uh, I see. So, already at the time, you were you were set on a future with children, and you were trying to accommodate as best as you could within your given circumstances. Of course. How old are you at this time? Uh, I met him at 15. Hmm. Interesting the way that... How old was he? Uh, three years older than me. Okay. So, so yeah, 18 going on. Basically 19. high school together, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. I had him come to my sweet 16 and then I somehow convinced him to take me to prom. <laughs> nice. And the guy's mind at this time is completely in the other direction or is it 
on board, do you think? Where where were you at 18, Morgan? With what you wanted out of your relationship with your wife at the time? Or so not, she wasn't my wife your wife. I met before I was 18. I would think I was 17, 16, 17 when I first met my wife. But see, like, uh, that first year, like, we'd never separated from each other. Like, we were around each other as much as we could possibly. And, and we just, it just became too much, right? So we needed some separation i did anyway mm-hmm. uh so we broke up for a while so i don't know i had a good year of whatever whenever mm-hmm. and <laughs> at 18 sure and then you know we'd run across each other and we'd date for six months and then we might not talk to each other for another six months and then you know then one day we just see each other and that was it we we're together forever so yeah i mean yeah, is it a grown ass man i never really i haven't she's the only woman i've ever known as a grown ass man as a grown ass man yeah i like the way you put that as what? an 18 year old yeah you know sure but i mean that's 20th century talk so that's way in the past it was way in the past yes <sighs> morgan has before i met my wife yeah i I had a lot of girlfriends at that point in time. I don't know. I, I just, it's difficult to say. It's toot, like a toot. It's like, so like I went, well, I mean, I went to one elementary school, one junior high, one high school with so all these stability. kids, with all these kids that did the same thing. So by the time you're in high school, you've probably already quote unquote gone with or gone steady with half the girls in your class. Right. right. Um, anyway, it just wasn't a, a large pool. So you had to go start to go to the other high schools and you started to get into high school. So anyway, I've you made your rounds. Yeah. I mean, Even if it's just smooching. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, you were a playboy in high school. I don't know if I would go there, but I was not, well, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. I was, I don't know. I'd, I had no problem. You could still get women, girls no attention problems. at that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, well, I think what made me <laughs> was that when I was 14, my girlfriend was 16 and she was picking me up when we were going oh, out on dates. I see. And I think that made me with a lot of people. Did she drive like a Camaro or a nice car? Mm, she drove her dad's truck. Oh, okay. That's cool too. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's what made me, honestly. I had, because well, my friends just couldn't get enough of it. Oh, we want to go too. No, you're not going on. <laughs> Stay, hmm. bro. At least you guys had romantic stuff going on in your teens yeah i mean well like i really so. i really wonder if uh what social media would have done to my teens time like there wouldn't have been any of the goofy stuff of can i get your phone number talk to people on the phone for hours i don't know that i don't know what yeah, i don't think saying. it exists right in a social media era i don't think you talk on the phone for hours or even ask for a phone exchange you just kind of hit the ground running <laughs> it's different like you had to like the date had to be the, the date you well, if you're the guy you're paying for everything right and uh and you got to impress because if you don't impress you're not getting a second date whereas now i don't know that it's quite the same right well this goes back full circle strangely as we tend to do on this show um the level of intimacy in modern days relationships that are at least starting or um, getting traction might feel different than i i think personally they feel different i mean i can only speak to a certain degree on this but 
a relationship now in 2021 starting versus a relationship in something as recent as 2013 has a different feel to it. Yeah. Um, I think that the women that match what I'm sort of attracted to get that too. In the fact that, or in the sense that you just mentioned the guy picks up everything on the date. Sure, that's the traditional like man thing to do. And that doesn't go away necessarily. Um, there are elements of the traditional guy in me, but I'm not seeking the traditional courtship. Right. right. Yeah, I've been through it already. I've been through the traditional stuff in high school. The take take a girl out to <laughs> take a girl out to a restaurant, uh, spoon go her, see a movie. go see a movie, and you know, and from, not talk to each other. From there, it progresses. <laughs> well, generally, well, there wasn't a lot of talking. Yeah, was, yeah. Generally, the movie was just a quiet, dark it place. The, it was in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, that's terrible. You know, the first year now the movie's air conditioning in Texas. God. It's just like let's go to the movies to get out of the, the hot heat, air. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sometimes the discussions after the movies were as fun. Sure. As the movie. You had a discussion after the movie. Now that's fun. Usually, but it is. A, I, I wanted somebody I, that could talk. Yeah. See, we're weird guys in that regard. We we want I, to be look, stimulated. I, I, understand the, the, I understand the thrill of seeing someone never saying a word to each other and just ending up in bed together and walking away. Yeah. Without ever saying anything, I see that. See that attraction. But that was never never what I looked for. Yeah. It's dangerous in many regards. Well, in my time, AIDS was still pretty yeah. predominant. Well, in my time, you have weirdos and psychos that well, could... You, you have those all times, right? Yeah. But you got to get to know the person to to root that out a little bit. Or at least have them be the type of psycho that you can be symbiotic with. Oh, are you going back to my theory? What? All women are crazy. Mm, and no. the key to a good relationship is finding a woman cr- who has the crazy you can deal with. They're, or the crazy that is Or compliments you crazy. Yeah. yeah. All men are crazy too. And there you go. Why do you think all women are crazy? Do you think I think it's... everyone's a little bit crazy and unique. I just say women. Because, you know, I'm a guy and I got to be my, I got to be misogynistic. Well, maybe it's a genetic necessity. Could be. Mm. Adaptability I, to protect their young. I don't know. I think it's more like, it's more like, um, I mean, I don't know. There's such a, patterns. there's think such a, it. there's such a show in the beginning of normalcy. And then when you get past that facade of normalcy, that's when you start to go, holy crap, how could I not see this? It's like, you got to get through that early. The early stages. You're talking about in, in dating. In, in seeing someone and being around someone before you fully understand the, the crazy that they may be possessed. Interesting that it was the exact opposite with my ex-wife. I got the crazy let me impress you side of her for the amount of time that was necessary to win me over. And then it was... Generic. She love bombed you. Is that what the terminology is? It's where you throw upon a bunch of gifts and like a very large amount of positive feelings early on. Which feel great, by the way. It's just an imprinting device. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know that she was doing it consciously. See, I don't know if that's the crazy part. What do you mean? I don't know if that's the crazy part. Just oh. don't. <laughs> Sir, uh, just don't. You don't want to comment any No, further. I'm not going to comment any further. <laughs> not going to air that laundry out? <laughs> no. Hey, well, here's the thing. Um, my ex-wife has listened to a whole five seconds of this show. Maybe two hours that I forced her to listen to in traffic on her way back from getting the COVID vaccine. She doesn't find you fascinating? That's another thing. Well, when you're around, like my wife isn't interested in this conversation really either. She's heard every opinion I've ever had on right. anything and just not interested in engaging. In, but she's in she's heard stuff. every opinion However, that you've had on things. However, we'll sit there and have conversations about half this stuff. It's just that she doesn't, she wouldn't want to come on the show and do, talk about the stuff. She's had him with you in private. Right. Exactly. I I could see that too. It just never happened at, at in my home. But you know, different and situations. Then she'll say she doesn't listen, and then every now and then she goes, "What's your show's name again?" Mm-hmm. Oh, find ah, out. you know, I've I've got <laughs> so she's telling some friend that she knows that I have a podcast, and then they're asking, "Well, where do I find it?" So I've got geographical, you know, uh, <laughs> stats. I can Plainly. see down to the yeah. city. Yeah, <laughs> Operation Canopy. That's the name of the operation. Oh, gotcha. What a fun show. And maybe it's not crazy. Maybe it's just uh, being eccentric in some way, shape, or form. Quirky, even. Quirky, even, yeah. But that's a good thing. Can be. See, somebody might have a quirk that just grates on you, though, that you just hate and can't stand. You know what I'm saying? No. You don't know what I'm saying? No. Because... In my experience, I gotta, I gotta be careful here. You've told me to be careful. Yeah, you need to be careful. In my experience, the quirks were not presented to me because she knew that I would find them. Well, I think we unattractive, know, I, not unattractive. Uh, she knew that I would find them unappealing. Right. And so, yet, that's not me. I'm the kind of guy who would accept that and want to like maybe even psychoanalyze it a little bit, but yeah, that, that, that was deterred from yes. as well. Yeah. You can't be psychoanalyzing. Why not? Some of that stuff. That's what you're supposed to do in a relationship. No, you're not. Why not? You let them be them. Don't cycle. If you're psychoanalyzing every move they make, not, not every, they're going to feel like the they're quirks. under a micros- microscope, right? The quirks. Oh, doesn't understanding bring together a more intimate closeness? I don't know, man. I don't want to be microanalyzed. That's going to be an argument right away. <laughs> right away. That's yeah. and, and in the moment I start to like, and then if I do stuff like with my wife in that same sort of way, she doesn't engage. She gets pissed off. And I'm like, why did you say that right there? Or why yeah. did you do this? And then she immediately goes, shut the fuck up. Do you know why <laughs> she did that right there? <laughs> no. But I know if I ask her the question, it's I'm not gonna. You're not, not intrigued. Gonna be, well, I'm intrigued. You're interested, but interested. does your brain go on its own tangents and try to figure it out on its own? Well, I I have a general. You know me. I know people. Yeah. So you say psychoanalyze anyways. I'm, I'm only asking to confirm what I already think that is. Okay. That way. That's all I ever did. <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit more Canadian with it. Maybe. Yeah, we're up front. We're we're well, pretty blunt. Americans don't like blunt. I've learned. Oh, they do. Yeah, you're probably right on that. You're. I think people don't. Who me? Not you. Her. Yes, mystery woman. Mm. 
the bluntness. She's right a lot. I think there are people like me that don't mind the bluntness, right? Yeah, I mean. But there's definitely people that get super easily offended by bluntness, right? You think that happens to be women? No. No, that happens to be... Oh, there's a lot of men who don't like bluntness. Oh, God. Let oh, my God. You. Really? Well, I feel like if I ask a guy why he's not wearing a mask when he needs to be wearing a mask, like just as an example, I'm like, hey, just curious why are you not wearing a mask? It's almost fight time. It's go time. Just from zero but to... That's because of your demeanor. It is not my demeanor. <laughs> if you approached me at a gas station, you're like, hey, why aren't you wearing a mask? It's like Larry David's coming up to you. Okay. You can sense the sarcasm and the need for uh, like there right to be. On, okay. You can sense it. Not that you're you're strictly looking for that, but trust me, you can sense it. What it's an energy you give off. That's like, hey, I want. No, no, it's. I want to make this a a comedic moment if I can. You give that energy off. Oh yeah, I do. I'm looking to embarrass them. Sure. There you go. Yeah. You right, go. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh <laughs> no, you're good. I, I just I know quite a few people I'm close to that if you don't dress it up like a nice salad, they honestly just don't want to eat it. Even if it's true. Are you guys familiar with Grammarly? Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay. So it's, it's a nice software, right? You can throw it on your web browser. I, we, we end up using it at work because it, it does a couple of things, right? It's spell checking words, all that good stuff. But another thing it does is it gives you a face as to the tone of what you're typing. So when you're typing something, it tries to predict it, your emotional state. Yes, and, it, and if it if it senses it's like angry, it'll have like an angry face on it. And so if you go back and change words, you know it'll change to a smiley face, or it might be you know a thumbs up face. But it's super interesting how this thing is judging your tone by the way you words you use and the way you type. So when you say that, it's just super interesting to hear that because it's like it, Grammarly is a way of doing that with email or chat or whatever that you're dealing with. It's, it's teaching you to be, uh, well, it's not teaching you. It's, it's making you, socially you acceptable language. It's making you aware <laughs> that of, of your potential tone. And I would say it's correct. A lot of the time. What does it give you? You know what it gives me. A lot of thumbs down. Thumbs up. <laughs> it, it's smiling. Middle fingers. No, it doesn't do middle fingers, but it does do arms crossed. Oh, <laughs> How many times you gotten that one? A lot. I get the angry face a lot. Uh, that's fair. I'm gonna check this out. So this is free software for anyone to. Yeah, there, there's obviously a paid version of it, but yeah, there is mm. a free version of it, and so it's probably best. It'll pro- probably go to your browser. So like, just throw up an email and play around with typing things. It's fun. Mm. It'll learn from you as well. You like the cold air in here? The air conditioning kicks on. It's chilly, huh? Oh, I could go cold. You're super cold. Yeah, you're like crypt cold. Yeah. I keep it at a, like a cool, if I can get it lower than 65 every night, I icebox my place. Yeah. I can't hate it, too. but. <laughs> oh, I can't. I, I pay the uh, electric bill. All utilities included. Oh, nice. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. Was that yeah, part but sometimes, of though, they, they, you don't have control of the thermostat in some of those situations that are like that. That's fair. Hmm. Good so thing. if you've got a hold of it, that's awesome. <laughs> I do. You get I, to <laughs> fluctuate the temperatures. Oh yeah, I I take what I want. Oh, do do you hear about the? <laughs> we wow. go from 
We go from right. controlling your home environment to taking what you want. I like it. It's not hurting anything. That's true. It's just the cold. Mm. I don't know. It's hurting the planet. You guys and your air conditioning. I believe that air conditioning is saving the planet. Well, I think it's hurting the planet. Okay. My air conditioning went out today. Think of all the energy it takes to run everybody's air conditioning unit. Well, you remember my theory, right, about air conditioning? Yeah, it's a terrible one, but if you want to repeat it, go ahead. Okay, let me repeat it. Uh, In the 40s of our great show, I mentioned that uh, without air conditioning, which was invented by Mr. Carrier in the early um, 1900s, that, well, the invention of air conditioning was an aversion of uh, apocalyptic-style disaster and calamity when it comes to human beings' uh, inability to cope with the rising temperatures of the planet and the humidity specifically. And having lost air conditioning today, I can say, yeah, I stand by that. I don't know that the, um, I don't know that the unhealthy people would survive a Texas winter, or I'm sorry, a Texas summer without air conditioning. I think they would just die. There's probably a little to that, but I, I think our bodies would also acclimate a bit. You know, I think we need to diversify our energy resources. I mean, if we are so focused on what we're using, why not just look at the sun? And not just at solar power. I mean, if we're thinking about solar panels, what if, I don't know, we used pressure. We pressurize at a little room with, like, water. Use the sun to, like, I don't know, maybe get a magnifying glass. Concentrate that light. Make it boil up. Use the pressure from the steam. And I don't know. I'm just spitballing. There's a lot of converting there. Steampunk. (laughs) There's a lot of energy manipulation and conversion. Yeah, there's a... It's just going to be what's most efficient, right? At least these days. It's going to be what's what's cheapest. What's... And and solar is getting less expensive. For sure. I've heard some ugly stories about solar panels recently and what happens to the old ones and how it's kind of the opposite of what the goal of them is. And it makes sense that um that criticism is going to start emerging now because yeah the older technologies what are, are we doing what are we doing to get stuff? rid of it all we're not recycling solar panels to turn them into something else we're <laughs> yeah. basically letting them simmer in landfills and oh do the same thing and even worse stuff i don't have the article accessible to me but it's a fresh one you have your laptop up right yeah. Just uh, yeah. There's like uh, ugly side of solar panels or solar panel negatives, and it's a recent like emerging look at that. I know it's it's disappointing if you're a a big uh, proponent of that style of stuff, but yeah, some of the stuff that we have to deal with is not having solutions to clean up. Yeah, that's the big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever we got to be, we do. We're producing really needs to be biodegradable, right? Yep. Or we got to be able to throw it on a ship and fly it into the sun or something to dispose. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Well, the problem with that is, how would that affect the sun? Does that shorten its life? Does does that create the, a solar flare that comes back and knocks out get, everything? If a sun can get hit by comets and bombarded by I don't know that it gets hit. It's gravity probably prevents it from being hit by things. 
It gets hit. I don't know that it does. I don't have access to my not my recently. For it's this. Been hit. It has been hit recently. It gets hit by stuff. I'm sure the gases sure it does. of it because it also diminish what's coming towards the center. Yeah. So, I mean, even then, the impact. It's going to burn up. Yeah, it's going to burn up, right? So then we can't send any. We could send a, a cargo, giant, massive cargo ships of shit in, in this direction. Yeah, it'll be fine. You just cracked the code, Morgan. Cracked the code. Well, yeah. Hell, why not just shoot it out into deep space? Let the aliens <laughs> deal with our trash. I mean, just think about how cold the items would be coming towards it, and then as it comes towards that heat, I mean, if it expands too quickly, it's just going to like shatter into smaller pieces. And litter the open universe? Pretty much. Mm. Unless it gets caught in a gravitational pull somewhere. Yeah. Then we've got space junk. Mm. Yeah, there's a good Star Trek episode about space junk. Coming back to bite mankind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good Star Trek episodes. Yeah, there are. Mm. This makes me think of the movie Zathra. Yeah? Yeah. The the space Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, the, I was going to say the subliminal or uh, non-really referred to sequel to Jumanji. Yeah. But it is a sequel. Essentially. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not finding uh, solar panels. No, it's okay. Just, but Out of all the movie genres, show. I think family film is probably... The greatest knowledge I've got is all kinds of stuff there. All sorts of family films? Mm -hmm. And fantasy. Legend is your favorite. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. As a listener of our show, you got any questions for us? Um, As far as who we are as people? hmm. Or is there anything that... You know, we hear this a lot from, from people who listen to our show. They say, sometimes I wish I was there just... Um, to be able to chime in, or I hear something sure. that you're right. saying, and I wish to chime yeah. in. Yeah, man, you're so wrong. And yeah, right. <laughs> Which I may be. Yeah. Well, if <laughs> we're talking agreeing about, so quickly, if we're there. talking about something, yeah. yeah, this has been a little different of an episode. I've really been off in Never Never Land for quite a bit of the conversation, if I'm being fully honest, because you know this isn't my uh, comfort zone. This isn't my uh, home field advantage, so to speak. We're in a hotel meeting room. I've accommodated as best as I possibly can. And there's not a whole heck of a lot going on in the world to discuss. In the bigger world, well, at least. There is, just not interesting. Like right? what? Oh, yeah, the the cheerleader thing, right? That's no, not interesting. But, you know, the border is still crazy. What border? Gas prices have fucking gone through the roof. Have they? Yeah, they're paying. 30, 40 cents. Bro, we were paying like two bucks a gallon. Mm-hmm. I remember dollar ninety seven, and now we're at like two eighty. Well, nobody was driving. No, a Democrat got elected, and all this crap got repealed. It's not political. Nobody was driving. Oh, it's absolutely political. Absolutely, it's all COVID related right now. Well, well, it's, no, it's not. So it's shut down the pipeline construction, shut down uh, oil production on government land. There's been a couple of things. Then you throw in. Anyway, boring. Sorry. Again, big world is boring stuff right now. Seems that way. Small world is a lot more interesting. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. It is. It is. So, what do you guys focus on more? Like, the past or the future? 
instead of current events. I think we're at exact opposite. Let's see. What do you focus on more? The future. future. And I'm the past guy. I, I think you learn from the past to prepare for the future. He's way more concerned with, well, you know, the future than the past. You know like, why? It doesn't matter how we got here. You know why? Like this way. It's because I've learned from the past. I don't I'm know. Done I'm done learning from the past. That's yeah, just your personality type. You're just looking for the future. Because I've analyzed the past. No, no, it's not that. You haven't analyzed shit. I analyzed the past in the present. <laughs> you have not. <laughs> you can't tell me that. I do. I just told you that. I do it actively. Okay. Here's a more interesting question. When you guys are walking, do you look at your shoes or do you look ahead? Oh, ahead easily. Same. So we're the same. We're both looking at the future. I tend to find more money when I'm looking at my shoes. Hmm. That, can, never... that can depend the situation you're walking in, right? So like if I'm in a mall, I might be more looking down than up, maybe. Well, it just depends. Is that a social thing? You don't want to see people? You don't, don't make know. eye contact? Like, okay. So like when we walked into 7-Eleven, as we come back to 7-Eleven, oh, yes. and the guy's sitting outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, By the red box? Yeah. So I'm... I'm trying to look down because you don't, know he's going to ask you. Because I don't change. want it. Don't be asking me for change. God damn it! Hmm. Do you feel uncomfortable when people ask for change? Not, not really, because I have no problem telling them to go fuck themselves. It's just that <laughs> that type of person is generally a little bit crazy, and you never know what you're going to get, man. I don't. I don't want to get engaged in some stupid conversation about. I don't know. Or an altercation, perhaps. Or an al- yeah. It's never really gone to an altercation. It's usually that they would just want to talk to you about something crazy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it seems normal in the beginning, and then all of a sudden it goes left field, and you're just like, how do I walk away without seeming like a big dick? <laughs> well, that's the thing about it's change, isn't it? Bam. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, I, didn't, I don't want to gauge with that dude. He had nothing for me, and I have nothing for him. Just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> How about you? You look down? I do look down. I have found at least $100 worth in my time looking down. Wow. So I'd say it's working for me. I'd, I'd say so, too. But so is looking ahead. Well, sure. And forward. In many ways. <laughs> it's an interesting question. What else you got? I put you on the spot. I got nothing. Good. The show does that sometimes. Well, yeah. It, it I guess at times it quiets us down to the more refined conversations. It's also very hard for me to collect my thoughts unless I write them down, because the way I think it's more like a spider web. It's just like all everywhere splayed out. Yeah. 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 I agree. You guys, the way you agree that that's how she thinks, or you do it too? No, I agree that that's a, that I do that too. <laughs> like you met her Absolutely. 50 minutes ago. It's already more agreeable than uh, he is towards you. <laughs> I know. I knew this would happen. She's cuter than you are. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's my no sass. Mm. Yeah, that too. I, I don't know what I'd do in this world if it wasn't for sass. I'm just successfully surrounded myself with sass everywhere I go. Home, work. Aren't you a main contributor then? Right. That's what I've been told. Maybe, maybe it's not us. Maybe it's you that produces the sass from us. Maybe. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Maybe you're the trigger I for the be. sass. Could be. Mm-hmm. So you're saying he pulls it out of you? No, no. No, not here. No. I'm, 
I can turn on anti-sass mode with Morgan and get him to talk about something meaningful pretty quickly. For um, the sake of... I'll talk about anything. Yeah. Well, then that's the next question. What do you find meaningful? I don't know. That's a difficult question. <laughs> what do you find meaningful? Um, I don't know. I, don't, I think that changes for each person. Right? Like, I'm a... I'm an achiever. Um, like I want to achieve things. So to me, that brings a little meaning. And that could be just learning something new in a day. Do your achievements need to be recognized by mm. others than yourself? No. Nah. I mean, sometimes it's nice, but no, nah, it doesn't need to be. Just I'm the only one that's got to know. So would you classify yourself as a big achiever in your well, own I opinion? I don't know that I've, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say that. Have you achieved I would, every, I would have thought everything I would have been, up to this point that you've wanted? I have everything up to the point that I wanted, except maybe a million dollars in the bank. But, <laughs> well, but that's, yeah, that's, you know, that's coming. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind retiring like in 10 years, but that's not going to happen. A million dollars won't make you any more happy if you're already around like 75,000 no, a year. No, but it'll make, studies. The, it'll make the problems much easier. Maybe, unless you gain more problems in the process. <laughs> you do. And that's that's ironic, right? So my grandfather told me this when I was, you know, leaving the house. And he's like, you know, it doesn't really matter uh, what jo- how much you make. Your problems will be, commi- you know, will be equal. You know, what if you make $30,000 a year, you're going to have these problems. And when you make 60, you'll have these problems. And Whoa. it's like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. All this stuff seems relative so Puff Daddy and the Notorious B.I.G. told me the more money, more problems. That's true. I mean, mm. I saw a direct correlation the second I got a job. I didn't buy a lot of things. And I was happy, content. Mm. Okay, I was content with my situation, and then I start making money. I consistently put the same amount percentage-wise in my savings, starting out, and then my. Level of interest in things grows because Consumerism. I now have the of, Yeah, specifically. And I was usually I thought I was above that until I had a taste of it, and now I'm buying things now that I finally have the ability to do so, and I feel greed. You want to know the trick? Gripping at me. You want a trick? I love you, trick. You turn the greed and what you're picking up on is changing that you don't like about you, and or when it comes to consumerism, and you invert it and you say. Well, it's hard to do, but I felt the same things. And I started turning it into a business plan to where all the money that I spent. <laughs> I love Mr. Capitalism over here. Trying, but I'm not. Trying to but, I'm not, he's not but you know me. I, I'm not Mr. Capitalism. Oh, I do know you and you. I'm anti-capitalism. I know. You talk that way, but you don't act that way. Right. But I am that way. I'm, an, I'm a minimalist at heart who's got 20,000 media pieces in his home. Maybe. Because he's trying to sell 19,000 of them. Okay, but the, but you also collected a thousand. But of that's them, the way right? I am with money too. I I figure if I have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, I, I'm trying to get rid. I don't of know ninety thousand of it. I don't know that greed's a universally negative thing in people. Mm. I don't know that that's universally negative, and I don't think people are apt enough to understand greed, and so it does inherently turn negative for the majority of them. No, I think everybody's just associated. Greed with just anyone like, that has money. Greed with any... Uh, I don't know that that's true. Because you can be greedy with food and 
You can be greedy with uh, having kids. You can be greedy with. I don't know that you can be greedy with having kids. Yeah. Selfish, maybe not, but not greedy. Those words are in the same branch of. No. Hmm. I, I think you I have to be I don't selfish. think of myself as a greedy person, but I do think of myself as a selfish person. I don't like to share. I think greed can just be for you, but being selfish, that can outwardly Isn't that negatively impact you though? and others. I mean, they're, they're different. Selfish means you are solely thinking of yourself, whereas greed, you might be doing it for yourself and others. I might flip that, though. I, could, I think the opposite would be true. See, okay. fascinating. Now I have to figure this out because you guys both think on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, no, I don't know that we necessarily think on the opposite. Well, I think Although, there's an objective reality I to think, what selfishness and greed are. Well, sure, but I mean, that's what I want to figure for, out. So we can get rid of it. Selfishness for me is really putting me first. Mm-hmm. Which, if I'm honest, I don't necessarily put me first ever, except with my <laughs> worldly possessions. Like, if I had CDs or movies, and my friends were like, "Hey, I want to borrow that," I'd be like, mm, "Fuck no, you're not touching <laughs> my shit." Is uh, that because you're you're greedy with them? I know I'm selfish. I don't want them damaging or not returning something. I don't want to have to bug them. Hey man, you borrowed that movie oh, a month ago. I need that back. I see. I don't have to do that. Shouldn't have to do that. If I had like my wife and I would have to have two separate video game systems. She's not using my video game system. <laughs> I don't like the way she puts video games in the system. I don't like the way she touches controllers. The handling. Yeah. So, so that for me is my sort of selfishness. Okay. I don't think. What's your greed? I don't know. I don't know that I'm greedy. I probably am in some way, shape, or form. Well, as the as the observer, I haven't picked I up everybody... on a way that you are in seven well, years. That's good news. Okay, present me with a situation where, like, if you do X, you get a hundred thousand, and if you do Y, you get a million. And I'll probably try to do the Y. To get the million versus the hundred thousand. <laughs> See, but that's I, but why I'm interested. That's why I don't know that that's that greed in that sense is necessarily bad or negative. It may just be natural. Now the greed. Maybe that, the negative of greed has been somewhat socially influenced well, from what we like see. Rock, Rockefeller's greed was pretty nasty. Yeah. It, it, again, great series on History Channel about uh, the men who built America, whatever. And rock, there's stuff about Rockefeller. You're just like this guy was a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Carnegie, honestly. Yeah, most of those and tycoons and just were terrible mm-hmm. human beings and did terrible things. Um, and there are and that's also I, the and that's what I think everything pioneers of capitalism and the industrial revolution. Yes and no. Well, one thing leads to another, right? Well, no matter where you're at, no matter what system you have, you have to have someone who finds goods. You have to have somebody who refines the goods. You got to have somebody who sells the goods and you got to have somebody who buys the goods. You don't do You don't have to do it in Why an not? exploitive way. Well, you assume everything is exploitive when it's not necessarily exploitive. That's because I analyze the best. Oh, it's not. You, you focus on the one bad seed and ignore the that's other. Because that's because that's what's seeds. gotten us here. To this point, every country and every human being on this planet—the Nikes yes. I'm wearing—yeah, make I don't me wear feel Nike. bad. I don't wear Nike. 
Did you get them from a sweatshop? <laughs> no, but they were made in a sweatshop. So there's that reality that I know where they were made. I didn't purchase them from a kid who was making 10 cents on a dollar, but they were literally made there. So it's still it's still an awareness that exists that I can't just shrug away. That if it didn't exist, I'd feel better about wearing the Nikes. But then when I'm presented with my options, it's not like I can walk around barefoot everywhere. <laughs> Did you buy them new? No. no. Mm. So that makes me feel a little bad. Yeah, but- I never buy my shoes new unless they're But leather. the fact that they're still valuable and a resale type thing still contributes to the problem. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about it? So that's the capitalism care. side of me. So I like me, to inflate things that I am know, interested in. I mean, I like to inflate the cost of things I'm interested in for my own well-being when it comes to capitalism. How about that? Okay. I look at movies and the stuff that I collect, and I say, I want this to be a nesting egg. Is that the right word? Nest a nest egg. egg. Nest egg, sorry. I yeah. struggle with American idioms. It's cute. <laughs> Thanks. Do they have Canadian idioms? Mm, don't think so. Oh, I bet they do. Idioms the, are a pretty American English thing. They, uh, they are. I don't know. I mean, it's even referenced in the show Archer, idioms. Hmm. <laughs> You want to see if there's Canadian? <laughs> sure. You have access to the internet. Give me a Canadian idiom. Okay. Yeah, there is actually a second Google search down. But why wouldn't you want to promote and elevate things that you're interested in using sort of the backbone of the capitalistic machine? Use, you know, use what you've seen work and use it in ethical ways and cleaner ways to introduce people to things that have meaning and substance to them. Use the capitalistic machine's approach to how they throw stuff in your face, how they get you interested in products, how they get you hooked to things. Sure. But do it in an ethical sense. And then I get called a cult leader for this. (laughs) I mean, you can even see this evidenced in Mattel's approach to selling Barbie dolls. They've been pushing their new line for the beaches and things by showcasing the fact that they're using recycled plastics now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, that's what all the companies are doing now is they're trying to, especially in a post COVID world. Oh my gosh. How sick are you already, Morgan, of seeing the, we made it through COVID. And now, now that we've turned this corner, this buds on you. <laughs> I was sick before it ever come, happened because I knew by, it was coming. Come by a 36-pack of Budweiser and make this summer one to remember now that we've survived the harshest pandemic of all time. And it's just all being used to lure sheep in, back into sheepishness. Well, that's just that just may be who people are. Nah. Yeah. I got a glimmer of who they were. In a COVID world. I got a glimpse. What do you mean? That most of them are sheep? No, people... just repeat what they hear? People were more open to being detached as COVID was happening. Because they were forced into being detached from their routines, from their cacophony of 
mundane activity. They had no choice. So what if that happens for a longer period than a year next time? I won't. It's withdrawal at the end of the day. The drug is routine. The drug is stagnation, regression even, sheepishness. How do you cure? How do you get people off that drug? You got to replace it with something first. They'll never get off that drug. I'm telling you, bro, nine people out of ten want to be told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, for how long to do it. They don't want to be responsible for their choices and their actions. That, I don't think, will change in our lifetimes. With the 9 out of 10. But what if that 9 out of 10 becomes 7 out of 10? I don't think that's possible either. I, and I don't know that it's ever happened. And we can get into this in future episodes for sure. And I hope that you join us for future episodes because this was a lot of fun. It was interesting. Wait until you hear it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's a, it's a first for everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Meandering on. episode 69. And we only had like a handful of sex jokes and innuendos. Just, yeah, we did it at the beginning, right? I'd yeah. say a good handful. It was... T- all right. Add that one to the list. Yeah. Right at the end. Mm-hmm. Until next or time, guys. You got to so, finish yeah. strong. Right, guys? <laughs> All right. Now, now it's just going to pour out. That was explosive. <laughs> oh, boy. Until next time. 70. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>